commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! From the spice mines of Ulox, I'm Greg Scottbank, and you're listening to Core World News, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to in-depth coverage and analysis of the latest news stories and content from around the galaxy. Remember to subscribe, follow, and share to boost our signals and keep us transmitting galaxy-wide. Send your questions, comments, and theories to at News on Twitter and Instagram. Without further ado, here is your news segment rundown for May 10th, 2019. Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. There's only one game. But first, Disney has unveiled their slate for all upcoming films, including the dates of the next Star Wars trilogy, which will release every other year, starting in 2022. Now for Ben, Grant, and Adam to discuss. Awesome. Thanks very much, Grex. Yeah. Um, What do you guys think? So next movie will be three years after uh, Rise of Skywalker. Is that more or less than what you sort of expected? Um, that's actually that's yeah more than i thought i thought the hiatus would be maybe two years but three it seems like it's gonna be three years now so that's longer than what i thought the hiatus was gonna be but i thought it was gonna be more i thought it was actually gonna be closer to five years and i'm very glad i'm wrong that's not that i wanted that but i thought they were gonna take a longer break um i am surprised by the every other year release schedule more than i am about the um about the three years instead of five because that kind of that leaves some really interesting questions about what those three movies are going to be. Yeah, because we've been, pro- yeah, yeah. I mean, because it they could be all the same series, or it could be sort of going back and forth between the Benioff and Weiss series and the Ryan Johnson series. Question yeah. mark. I guess, but then you're waiting four years between movies in a series, right? Like that's what seems yeah. so weird to me. And then the other option is if it is every two years then let's let's just say i don't know benioff and weiss are going first with their series yeah um that means ryan johnson's first movie doesn't come out till 2028 right like, 10 years from now basically like that seems weird something's up with this and i don't know if i trust it yeah do you, so think, you what do you i'm sorry grant what were you saying i was just wondering do you think it's gonna be ryan johnson's trilogy that we're looking at or do you think this is benioff and weiss's trilogy I, I thought it would be um, Benioff and Weiss. I thought that was sort of because I, I, I think we read something that said Benioff and Weiss were like, we're going to dive right back into it, right into Star Wars as soon as this is done. Um, and Ryan is sort of like, I'm working on it. But, you know, we all know how Ryan Johnson works. It, it like takes him forever. Really? Yeah, I, I kind of noted that he, he, he completed the Last Jedi script with such expediency and kind of. He, he, I feel like he was quick to to get into production with that film, and he. I thought it was like four I, years or something, right? Or no, like because he started writing quick, it as right. soon as, as soon as like, um, JJ started writing Force Awakens, he was already working on the sequel, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. Like he started, he tried yeah, to get ahead close. of the production process yeah. like, as soon as possible. Like he tried to get in there and just and get the film started uh, without wasting any time. So I, I don't think he wants to waste time. And we see he just he just jumped in the knives out right after the Last Jedi. I mean, I'm I'm almost certain he's probably closer to being complete with his scripts than Dan and Dave are with theirs. Uh, and, but I wouldn't be surprised it's if true. this yeah. trilogy is if this trilogy doesn't belong to either of them. And right now it's it's more of a, of a process of. Hey guys, we're trying to look at the future of Star Wars. Yeah, Dan and Dave, maybe you guys write a trilogy for the past. Ryan, maybe write write a trilogy for the future. 
and whoever has the better script because writing a Star Wars script is extremely difficult. Like yeah. whoever has the better script, we're gonna we're gonna give them the release dates. Like we're gonna give them the first trilogy. I yeah, I think there's something there. I I have a I have an interesting theory or speculation about this. Um, so I think I think you're right. I mean, the only thing the only the only time trilogy has been thrown out there is with Ryan Johnson. Um, with Benioff and Weiss, the terminology has always been um, a series or series. not a series. Uh, um, it was uh, it was multiple movies, but they didn't say a trilogy for sure. Um, here's the other thing: Ryan Johnson is a is a bona fide uh, Hollywood movie hitmaker director. Benioff and Weiss have, are extremely successful in television. I think they're playing the long game to see if Disney Plus is extremely successful. They right. need to get content. And I wouldn't be surprised if they start working with Bayonetta Voice to be like, hey, could that be a television series instead? Right. And then and then leave um, uh, uh, leave uh, Johnson for the movies. Yeah. That's, That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. because I, it, it, with both of them cooking, it seems like not a lot of content. As far as like major movies goes, like I feel like they're leaving a lot on the table with Star Wars. If you're going to come out with three movies in essentially ten years, you know, right. like, now that now that we're talking about it, um, so yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I have another. Maybe yeah. all three of them are working together on this trilogy. Oh, that's interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing that's been there's nothing that said that that couldn't be what's happening, right? They've, no one's ever said they're distinct. I mean, and they've they've basically said they're distinct projects, but yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mandalorian's going to be amazing. I yeah. mean, who knows what's going to happen after that? It it does sort of feel like to me like couldn't they just insert more Star Wars release dates yes. in there as soon as they sort of like maybe you know maybe you're right, Grant. Like that's that's Ryan Johnson's trilogy right there. But they haven't had the real conversation with Benioff and Weiss yet, you know, as far as where they're going to slot in, you know. Yeah. Here's the problem or potential problem with that is that Avatar, for some unknown <laughs> freaking reason, yeah. has five movies that are that are sitting in that Disney sitting in that Christmas Star Wars spot, which oh. I I'm very, very angry at Avatar with this news because I don't want Avatar during Christmas. I don't particularly want Avatar ever, but definitely not during Christmas. I hate Christmas. being negative about art. But I will. I, I have never Wait, are we calling that during... art? No, no, I've never fallen asleep during a movie, but I fell asleep during Avatar. Like yeah. it, was a sens- it was a global sensation, and I fell asleep during that movie. It's a global I sensation. I cannot believe they're making six of them. That's insane. It's, it's a global it's... sensation because it was the first really good use of modern 3D. That's yeah, it. it's not going to save it this time around. It's not going to save the film this time around. Like this film is going to suffer, and they're going to cancel these films. I is, I know that's the result. Like I'm yeah. positive. Yeah, I think you're right. And then then there'll be plenty of room for the other trilogy. Exactly. It is. <laughs> like are they planning for a face plant? Is James Cameron? Uh, um, I'm sorry, I'm not doing research ahead of time for anything yeah. ever. But uh, is James Cameron associated with these sequels? Yeah. He's directing yeah. all five, I think. I mean, he's Colonel Kurtz in it. Like, he is just going nuts. <laughs> like, originally it was supposed to be a sequel, then it was supposed to be a trilogy, now it's five, and it keeps getting pushed further and further back. So I think part of it, Disney's also like, we don't trust that this, this movie's actually yeah. going to come out when they're saying, and then they're, they're probably just let Star Wars. I mean, the other option is they do end up adding more Star Wars movies in, debating whether or not to put them back to May, like they tried with Solo, but I just don't like that. 
yeah. or or they do the reverses where they kick um avatar into the summer and and let star wars just sit during christmas which is what they should do i if yeah. i had my druthers it would be there would be two series going and we would get a different star wars movie each christmas yeah back and forth for six years two trilogies like that sort of that sort of method i think would be fine even though it'd be it it would probably be confusing for some people that go back and forth you know in time yeah but um well i, well, I like the standalones i'm i'm a guy who me too. doesn't see the error of the standalones i think the standalones yeah, yeah. were hugely important and, and a smart strategic move because i think you can only have one hero's journey going on in a main saga film or a trilogy and then uh i think the standalones are a nice breath of fresh air where it's like you know you're going to saga film you're going to stand you're going to, to a star wars story you're going to a saga film you're going to a star wars story it's kind of like yeah. that was a nice break for me it, it wasn't so right. heavy each time it's, yeah um, i agree yeah it's, it's, it's i, I think that's a good point all right so now i have i have a good kind of thought question for y'all so let's say if we want to go that way like we want to go one trilogy running at a time intermingling standalones in between um so that means ryan johnson's trilogy or benny off voices series one of those two has to get the axe or get moved to disney plus let's just go i'm gonna make it real hard one of them has to get the axe which one gets cut which oh, one man this is you funny. rather see <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome Grant? Oh, it's, I don't want to cause a political stir, but um, I'll say Dan and Dave go to, to Disney Plus for that very reason of not wanting to cause a political stir. <laughs> I just feel like Dan and Dave can go to. Yeah. I think Ryan's fine doing saga films. I think he he will do great doing his own trilogy. I think he's very George esque. So I, I want to see him completely, uh, you know, off the chain and, and doing whatever he wants. That would be really, really interesting. Yeah. I have yeah. I'm gonna be boring and just absolutely agree with Grant. I I just think that's that's what's up. I mean, until but there is a part of me that just I, I want to see what Benny F and Weiss do with a feature length movie, even though we're kind of seeing. I don't know. We're seeing. I mean, the the episodes of Game of Thrones right now are all episode you know full length movie length. Um, but they're again they're telling someone else's story. I want to see them tell their own story in their own, you know, designed world with their own scripts um, yeah. and see how it's done. Uh, but I, I think it's more likely just based on, you know, their background. But you never know. I mean, maybe Kathleen's talked to both of them and, you know, she's got she's got different plans. I, I think it's most likely that they both they both get their own feature length series, but it's just not on the it's just not on this layout yet. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Adam, to Adam your turn. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, considering the fact that Ryan Johnson made my second favorite Star Wars movie of all time, I have to go with Ryan Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, for for the trilogy, right? Yeah. 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 For the trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he'll, he'll go great. He'll do great if he's just unleashed and he doesn't yeah. have to adhere to any rules and ha and have to deal with pre-existing characters. Yeah. I mean, if he's creating everything from scratch, it's going to be super interesting sci-fi and fantasy storytelling. Like it's going to be fantastic. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, cool. Far out, man. Far out. But um, I, I do. Shocked we got this news. This came out of nowhere. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to hear about this for a while. Uh, what yeah. were you going to say, Grant? I just kept thinking about Game of Thrones and and uh, Dan and Dave and uh, DB Weiss and Benioff, uh, Benioff and uh, Weiss, and I was I was thinking like 
are they going to bring kind of are they going to bring Star Wars to like a medieval setting, kind of like the like the Dark Ages and have kingdoms and things like that? And then how so? How would you go about doing that? It's kind of like how would you add kingdoms and things like that? It's just kind of I don't know. I would like them to actually just do a whole new trilogy that's similar to the original trilogy. That's similar to like the essence of Star Wars and not not dig into their Game of Thrones style. Like it would be cool to see them take a fresh approach to this and do something totally different. Well, I, I feel like the galaxy has always been sort of based on a time in Earth history, right? And so, like, a medieval galaxy would be like a feudalist ga- galaxy with, like, you know, without any sort of republic going on. And right. you know, maybe planets are warring with planets and there's still pioneers and there's maybe there's a religion. I don't know. That's... I love that because it's kind of inverted, right? It's like it's it's almost like we we saw Rome, yeah. And then when we go back in time, we're going to the Dark Age. It's like inverted from our own history. It was like Rome to the to the to the medieval ages. It was right. like it, it's now it's going it's medieval to Rome. It's just different. It's kind of inverted in Star Wars. That would be really yeah. interesting. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, well, if we're going back in history, that's what it would be. And like maybe Sith are like you know either like hordes like Mongol hordes or they're you know, or their Christian um, uh, Templars or something, you know, like yeah. they're, you know, they're, they're sort of trying to uh, take control over planets or, you know, right. And you have uh, Sith for control. the name of Sith religion or something, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Having Sith controlled areas and Jedi controlled areas and then just gangster controlled areas like, you know, like you just have yeah. all of these. Yeah. Again, which is why I would argue for a series. Like, I think this is a long-form story more than even a trilogy could cover. But Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Yeah, because, like, yeah, that would be great. I'd want to see that. And, I mean, if they could make it with half of the complexity of, of you know, George R. Yes. R. Martin's writing, that would be a great Star Wars story. Yeah. Just add a ton of mythology and then yeah. a lot of this sort of, like, uh, political intrigue. And I, I think that would be that would be a really cool story. Star Wars story. Yeah. You okay? Is everything Me? right? Oh, I just dropped my phone. My oh, okay. cat's being a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah. Silly cat. You guys ready for the comics corner? <laughs> let's let's talk about some new Star Wars content. How about sure. that? All right. Great. So we're uh, this is the segment where we talk about the the comics that came out this week. Uh, we got two to talk about. We got Doctor Afra number thirty two, uh, and Age of the Republic Boba Fett. Uh, preferences? I will go. I will defer. Last week I asked you your preference. You told me what it was, and I completely negated it, Grant. So this <laughs> week I will trust you. What do you want to talk about first? I think there's a, there's more going on in Afra, so I don't mind going doing Boba first, just getting out of the way. All right, fine. All right. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had to speak <laughs> uh, good. So uh, this was Star Wars Age of the Rebellion Boba Fett in Hunter's Heart, brought to you by Pack, Lamming, Menon, Lanham, and the Dodsons. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is just Fett being Fett for 20 yeah. some odd pages. That, somehow that's a shorter summary than mine, and I thought I had a really short summary. What's your <laughs> We go bounty hunting with Boba Fett on the planet Karajam. Yeah, yeah, that's all I wrote down. That's a better one. That's that's <laughs> less. That's less. Uh, you know, whatever than I am. Um, no, it's it's it's, and it's not really necessarily a dig at, at it. It's just it is a very straightforward. It's it's 
I mean, you can only do so much with a Boba Fett character. It, the general plot is he first half of the comic, he is tracking down a bounty. He pa- meanwhile, while he's tracking down a bounty, he passes uh, a person being held um, at gunpoint uh, or at laser point, I guess. Laser point? Laser pistol works. point. Blaster point. Blaster point. All right, so I'm tagging out, and Grant, you're tagging in because my brain shut down. All right, so all right, cool. The uh, the the issue starts with this kind of famous. What's cool about this is, in a very fun way, Boba's actions throughout this comic are observed and discussed uh, between like onlookers and outlook and outlaws. They're like surrounding him. Like it's never he 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 actually Greg Pak stays on brand with like his mysterious silent Boba Fett type character and only only gives him like one or two lines at the very end of the issue. So like yeah. Boba is silent throughout the issue and it's mainly just the outlaws around him that are, yeah. are gossiping about him, which is really fun. And I really like that yeah, approach. But um, I, I guess the issue starts with like this like famous tracker named uh, and criminal on the run named Zingo and his companions who, who glimpse Boba Fett riding towards them uh, on a droid horse yeah. in the horizon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's a droid horse in this comic, and I need that as an action figure to go with my Black Series Boba Fett. So if we can make that happen, Hasbro, that would be yeah. awesome. Here's um, this, but, Hasbro. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, please, Hasbro. I need this droid horse. It needs to happen. Um, Boba passes Zingo, and Zingo obviously gets spooked because he knows he gets bounty on his head, and his fear fears Boba's going to return. Boba turns in a bounty, and what's weird is the first bounty that Boba turns in looks like a dead rebel pilot. Like, it yeah, was, uh, it looks like it looks like, like uh, what's his name? Like uh, Wedge Antilles. Yeah, oh, that would be amazing if this is the the end of Wedge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like that was Wedge. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's definitely a dead rebel pilot. Okay. Yes. And he's dead too, right? Like I'm pretty sure he throws him on the. Yeah, floor. no, they comment the fact that he shot him right in the head, <laughs> right in the eyes, yeah, in the eyes, yeah. But then, uh, what do you know? Uh, he picks up the contract for Zingo and uh, tracks Zingo across the uh, Krajum's Death Plains, I believe the, the kind of deserts are called. Mm-hmm. And then um, he avoids a few traps, and then, but of course, Boba Fett finishes the job, and um, yeah, and he drags Zingo all the way back to the cantina where he first picked up the contract. And mission's done, but a very interesting kind of uh, way Greg Pak fits in this really cool scene at the end where this kind of local um, uh, requests Boba's help with uh, taking out these, these Zahn sisters, these kind of criminals who are terrorizing the local area. And he's like, you know, the, the local, he looks like a moisture farmer, is like, Boba, you take all these bad people and you, you do this for nothing. Can't you just help us take out the, the Zahn sisters? And Boba's like, I only hunt bounties and it's, it was kind of a cool little insight into his code of ethics and kind of who he is. So or lack I thought there that was of. really, yeah. Oh yeah. Or lack there. Um, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was his refusal of the seven samurai call right there. <laughs> it's like, it's, yeah. but it's actually, but it's like, no, it's only the, money. Yeah. But it's like the refusal and then, and then I don't know, killing them for the bounty. Cause you, at the very end, you see that the guy he's asking has a bounty on his head. Oh yeah. That's so right. what he's what he's saying is not only no, I'm not going to help you, but no, I'm also going to take you in for the bounty. Right. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. It's it's just oh, yeah, a good. Reverse, huh? Yeah. It's it's a good. Um, it reminds me a lot of the Han Solo one from last week because you know there's not a lot you can do with that character with Boba Fett, and in fact they talk a bit about that in that last segment, right? That last kind of written thing that he's just a mysterious character who has a very confusing backstory until the canon was kind of wiped clean and now it's a pretty straightforward you know clone of Django fett 
and then went to prison and then became a bounty hunter. There's a lot of time in between that we don't know, but I, I'm always a, a believer of Boba Fett. The less we know about him, the better. The better. Oh, definitely. Right. And so this is like, to me like the perfect Boba Fett comic. It does nothing other than double down on exactly who that guy is and who we think he is. And gives him a droid horse at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is triumphant. Pretty awesome. Yeah. A little yeah. nod to the uh, to the the holiday special, I think. Like they're like, you know what? He looks really good on a mount. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this Boba Fett like proves once and again that like these age of comics are like are some of the best self-contained stories oh, yeah. on the shelves right now. Like Greg Pack is making all the right narrative choices. Like absolutely. I love I love this issue as well. But um obviously Tarkin's my favorite thus far that he's done, but I, I really, really like his work. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he's nailing it. Cool, man. Uh, so on to Afra. Yeah, and what's uh? Yeah, I'll tell you. So I think it's was it Lando next? I think for the age of the uh, Lando. Yeah, Lando. Lando, that's right. Nice. And hey, I, did I see the the Luke yeah. cover? That looked awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also didn't know we were getting a job of the hut. I mean, I know we knew it at some point, but I forgot we were getting a job of the hut one. Which <laughs> I'm looking forward to. Please tell me it's in Hutties. Like, it's yeah. completely in Hutties. That would be amazing. Uwanawanga. <laughs> as long as you get a Han My Boogie, I'm happy. Han Mi Boogie. <laughs> oh, man. Um, cool. Yeah, you want to do Dr. Ephra? Yeah. Um, I'm going to let Grant take this again, also, because I st- started flipping through it. I'm like, I, my brain, I really love this one and I can't wait to talk about it, but my brain is nowhere near capable of explaining <laughs> a Dr. Afro plot because it's so uh, awesomely weird. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, this is <laughs> this one's really tough to talk about because we jump around from childhood to the the current timeline to childhood and back to the current timeline and and we actually get some insight into Afra's uh childhood and her parents, which is really, really cool, which I didn't yeah. know anything about because I'm actually yeah. a late late uh reader to afra i haven't i hadn't re-read the early issues i I think i started reading from 18 of this second volume like i don't think i even read yeah. the early stuff we with darth vader i've gotten a little bit with her father but never her mother like this whole this whole time period has never been at all discussed so i was very interested in this yeah yeah so very cool yeah so it starts off with um they are on the second moon of Thrinitic. Uh, <laughs> nice. And they are going through a repository of Jedi uh, heresiologies, which I guess is kind of the the Jedi who have broken the law and have gone away into or been imprisoned or, or excommunicated, should I say? Yeah. And uh, they're looking at a specific case. Uh, and when I say they, it's um, Afra's father, Corin, um, who's who's most interested in this stuff, and actually obsessed with this. And obsession is a big theme in this issue. Yeah, and you see where Afra gets her kind of obsessed nature from. It's her father, Corin, who was also obsessed with science and technology and and inventing, you know, and things like that. So he's obsessed. So they're looking at this specific case of the um, uh, wherein there's a Jedi, uh, the crimes of Jedi renegade Owab the Apostate, Uab. Uab, Uab, Uab. Uab, Uab the apostate, yeah. and that comes that it's it's a literal Chekhov's gun, people. So <laughs> it's a literal Chekhov's gun in this issue, wherein oh, yeah. uh, you're looking at the specific case of Uab the apostate, who's holding this large rifle that becomes very important later in the issue. And um, so then after that, uh, we kind of we we meet uh, Afra's mother, Lona, and she comes in the room, and she is uh, 
she is upset that Corin is so obsessed with these Jedi her- her- heresiologies and kind of neglecting them to the point where she wants to leave with Afra and abandon Corin altogether on yeah. on Thrin- Thrinitic. And that's really cool because I didn't I didn't really know the 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 conditioning or the backstory of Afra and no. her parents and what happened. So it's it's interesting to see that Lona kind of swept away Afra and um, took her away from her father. So that was her mother took her away from her father, which was really, really, really interesting and sad and heartbreaking. And uh, yeah, there's, a, there's, so much, there's so much alike. The theme of heartbreak throughout this issue. Oh, there's yeah. a scene later on with between her and her mother that is <laughs> upset me quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Huge, but, yeah. But um, in, then we, in a good way, in like in a literary way, not in a I'm mad this happened, but like it really got me. But yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah. T- touching throughout this issue, yeah. she was touching throughout, and uh, which is rare for Africa because we just came off a kind of, kind of like a almost comedic kind of yeah, adventure, like yeah. speed, speed like plot. You know, it was yeah. kind of fun. But um, yeah, so then we go, we cut to the, we cut to modern day or current timeline, um, and she's the. Afra and uh, Vulada, who is her new companion, I believe she's um, she comes from the uh, Milvane yeah. uh, storyline, and um, she's kind of joined Afra at this point as like her little sidekick uh, in this issue. And they're on the Slanani migration shrine in the Red Mist Red Mist area of the Outer Rim, which is kind of crazy, and I, I didn't really understand what I was what the location was initially, but it looked like this kind of like weird palace on like a meteorite or like on an asteroid or something did you did you get to see that like the location what it looked like the the shrine yeah yeah it is super cool i i was trying to figure out too it's it's really interesting the way they they drew it but yeah yeah and so they're immediately there we start we when we catch up with afra and vulada i think they're running is it vulada i think it's vulada vulada i think so i'd Uh, say yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're run, they're running away from these things called electro gyres. They're like these little yeah. electric, like like I guess these tall, tiny like reptilian creatures that will will bite you and whatever kill you. And they're running away from them. And then that um, some great comedy in this issue where um, Afra's like, or Volata's like, I threatened you, so you had to take me on. And she's like, I took you on out of like the kindness of my heart. And it's just like this, they're like they're just bickering about how they even came to be partners, which is really really funny. Um, thought, thought there was some great heart and, and comedy in this issue, um, but what you find out is the Slalani are like a religious warrior clan of droids, basically, and they're led by this hero font and uh, just this really cool process nerd stuff that I thought you would be super into, Adam. Yeah. When when reading this issue, I was like, oh, this is Adam. This is right up Adam. It Adam. was. I was so <laughs> into this into this episode, <laughs> this issue. Yeah. Yeah, and then so when all these droids are kind of encroaching on them, Afro yep. immediately like slices into one, hacks him, like turns him to, to their side, uses them for their own benefit to wipe out all these other droids, and then they reach this um, this room where they're going to steal this this shroud or this cape for for it, what for uh, that woman who looks to be the woman who's in the the propaganda, the Ministry of Propaganda, right? Like that that same woman who's connected to Palpatine. That's how I read it. It's it's that's unclear, it but well. I thought so. I thought that's who they're who they're insinuating it was, implying it was. So then they steal that cape, and then as they're I think leaving the the shrine, they they pass a room wherein they see the far killer of Uab the apostate, the giant rifle that that Jedi was holding holding in the earlier hologram that her father was looking to looking yeah. at in uh, during her childhood. Right. Let's so. let's break for a second and talk about this gun. 
Yeah. <laughs> this gun that shoots lightsabers. Yep. It's uh, a lightsaber <laughs> tech in a sniper rifle. And, and yeah. Uab the apostate was a Jedi who used a sniper rifle. Yeah, and could kill people was a hundred clicks away. Was that what yes. you said? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So it like shoots out a lightsaber blade. It's uh, they make it very unclear. Like no one quite knows how it works. But I just remember that running meme or that running joke for a while. Of, like the best weapon in the world would be a gun that shoots lightsabers. And I feel like <laughs> Simon Spurrier must have been around, like it's in, ingesting the early internet around the same time I was, and was like, I'm gonna make that a thing now. Nice. Well, I almost feel like it's like a, a like a micro form of the Death Star. Like it's yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like it might shoot like just a laser. Like the it, Death Star. I'm sure it does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like Kyber Tech. It is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it is probably just a mini Death Star. <laughs> Basically, the Spartan laser from Halo that kind of like shot that beam across the map. Like I feel like mm-hmm. that is kind of what it, what it is in my head, at least when I think about it. But um, yeah, very cool. Yeah, far so killer. that's in that's her fun. possession now. She, she owns the far killer or whatever. Well, uh, she has a yeah. Uh, yeah. She has it, um, and it, she's she's uh, she's running away with it, and then she is of course being chased down by um, by others. That's the other thing I was trying to figure out because she said rebels, uh, Grant. Um, right. Are they actually rebels? I guess they are. Yeah, they are because um, so so yeah, they get out of the shrine, and then once. They uh, is it, I think that might be uh, later when they go to Arba Flux in the Outer Rim. It's like a different planet. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Arba Flux. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Abandoned space mine, Unox. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, no, no. That's Unox. Yeah. So yeah. Um. So continue. She steals the laser rifle. They leave the shrine. Um. We go back to. Uh, oh yeah. So when we're back in the Archangel uh, Afra's ship, uh, Vulada is. Asking Afra to stay on as her ward, basically her sidekick, and Afra's like, "Oh no, no! Like I'm not going to be your your mother. Like and don't cry. Like that's a that's a flashing sign of of showing showing that you're weak and all this right. kind of stuff." And then it cuts back to Afra's childhood and Afra's own mother telling her, "Like don't cry. It's you know you're showing your weakness and all this kind of stuff." Beautiful parallels between uh, Afra and her mother acting the same way. That yeah. kind of that that trauma translating, and then um, uh, then we cut to Arbor Flux in the Outer Rim. We come back to the present time and go to Arborflux, and that's when, um, uh, uh, and that's when I, oh no, it was Spice Mines of Unox, sorry, Spice Mines of Unox, and that's when these rebels, this these rebel fleet, just uh, strike team comes down, and uh, we meet back with Sis- Sister Six, who was a character who was in previous comics, previous yep. issues before this, and uh, so it's cool to see them. And it is they are rebels because I think the droid says that they are extraction team. Maricorde or something like that. Mm, yeah, yeah. So they're for sure rebels. I was just surprised because we we uh, you know I won't ruin the the end of the issue like the very last scene, but we know that um, you know Afra runs back into uh, someone she knew from the past um, mm-hmm. who I did not realize was a rebel. But I think now thinking back over the plot, that does make sense that that person is a rebel. <laughs> yeah, now that I've read the entire plot of the of the comic, I'm not going to reveal the last. <laughs> no, go out, go out and buy it if you want to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, no, do yeah. so, people, because it's a this is a really good issue. I've already kind of put mine in a protective case and put it away for safekeeping because I really love this issue. I just, I man, the work that Spurrier is doing is amazing. Like just 
he is carrying that that torch for just lore drops. Like he is the new mm-hmm. in that way. Like just the amount of just lore drops per issue and yeah, and heresiologies. Yeah, oh, man, that's so cool. Well, the second it's like literally the first page, and the first line is like the crimes of Jedi renegade Uab the apostate, <laughs> and I'm just like I'm in. I'm in. I don't. I'm can't wait for the next thirty pages. Like yeah. it's just so much fun. Uh, and it looks like I think. The artists are Santos and Wingard, who I know have been art. We've seen them before. I think Wingard might have done, might have done one of the um, Age of Rebellion special. But I noticed that the artwork changed in this in this issue, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit. It's weird because I I'm pretty sure that was, was it Santos and Wingard. I'm guessing they switched off because the art changes pretty drastically from like page to page and from section to section. I think particularly between the uh, flashback scenes, I'm guessing one drew the flashback scenes and one drew the oh, cool. scenes. Um, and I like that a lot. I think that's a good use of, of artists to really help distinguish time periods. Um, and there is a scene that whoever wrote the flashback with her and her mother that like is going to haunt me. <laughs> really. Yeah, something very tragic happens, but yeah. we'll reveal that what yeah. it is because I think it's another thing that is it's really cool. It's so good. To check out. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so yeah, job. I, yeah, I'm so excited to see where this goes, and it's just it makes me so happy. This this is, this is still a successful series because every time it starts a new, I've just got burned so many times by comics that every time a new series starts, I'm assuming it's going to be the last series before it's canceled. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, I'm always very happy when I see another one coming. Yeah, and Spurrier just does a great job of injecting heart into, yes. into these comics. And it, I love the nickname Little Boop. Like, yes. uh, her both Afra's parents call her Little Boop, and it is, like, the cutest, like, name for a kid. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love that stuff. Spurrier, keep it up. Love this. Yeah, yeah. I agree to agree. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's all we got this week for Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. There's literally only one game. All right, awesome. Yeah, well, so there's kind of almost two games if you're into virtual reality because uh, on May 22nd, they're going to release um, uh, the first episode of Vader Immortal Virtual Reality um, for Oculus. Um, And yeah, it looks actually... I've never been interested in VR. I feel like it's too soon. I wanted to let it mature a little bit before I get into it. But this story appears to be um, taking you like right out of the Vader comics um, that we saw and into like Vader's castle, which is I don't know if you could imagine a cooler 360 degree experience than being in Vader's castle. Um, So, yeah, so that's that comes out on um, the 22nd. Um, It was created by ILM X Lab. Um, and yeah, and, and so the first one, I guess it's going to be about 45 to 60 minutes of game time and, uh, looks pretty good. What do you, what do you guys think? Should we go in on a new Oculus, uh, quest or. Oh yeah. So it releases on Oculus quest on May 21st and then oh. we'll release on the other Oculus head headsets at a later, later this year. Oh, so, okay. So you can only yeah. get it on the Oculus quest come May or come this month, the end of this month. So, um. And what's that going to run you? That's 400 bucks for the Oh, so that's the cheap model. All right. (laughs) Just 400 bags. But between three of us, it's only 100. Well, the Rift seems to be like 800 to 1,000, and now they've come down to like 600, and the Quest is 400. So it's like, it's it's only coming down. 
But I mean, that's, I mean, for, for a system, that's, that's, you know, not that I have $400 be thrown around, but for a system, that's not outrageous compared to some of the other stuff. But, yeah, but are there a lot of other games? Like this would be yeah. the game I play. And then 60 minutes in, I'd be like, well, that was a good game. Right. And how much did the game run us? Do we know? <laughs> that's a million dollars, actually. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. It, um, it doesn't even say. I wonder if it's like a subscription thing. Like if you buy the thing, like you get the yeah. games. I don't know. Um, it be, yeah, it might be standard like sixty bucks, or it might be some VR titles are like forty bucks because they're not, you know, it, you might not like the experience. It might not right. be that cool. The yeah, quarter I mean, blood. I have weirdly never experienced virtual reality. Like I think I did as a kid, like when they're like the really old like versions they had, you know. Right. But but and I, not for not wanting to. I guess I just don't go anywhere they're showing that stuff off. So I'd be I'd be a little hesitant to to you know spend four hundred dollars and realize that that I really don't enjoy the experience and and need to have to clean vomit off of everything. So I would <laughs> try it before buying, but I would be into I mean it looks amazing. That's the photos. I mean the video looks amazing. Yeah, no, the and David David S. Goyer is the writer. That's right. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Maya Rudolph I think does the voice of the droid. Yeah. So you really similar cool. to yeah. Similar to um, Fla- uh, Fallen Order, you're going to have a droid companion that sort of helps you go through uh, your experience. Um, and I believe, like, you're a rebel and you get caught up. Or, or Oh, no, actually, and you have to go hunt down relics for Darth Vader, I think, is, is the thing. Like, it sounds like a fascinating storyline and something I desperately want to learn about. But I'm being – but $400 is a lot of money to learn about a story. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Moman's mask is going to be like an Easter egg, or you're going to I think to like so. The, the Duarte ruins underneath his castle, or something. Yeah, because they. Be fun. I think I, I think they are because they are they they say in not too uncertain terms, it's like, oh yes, you definitely pick up on things straight out of the recent Vader comics in Vader's castle. So, mm. I mean, there's not much else there except for those ruins and uh, and Moman's masks. We'll uh, but we'll see. Yeah. I think they, I, you know, the games, these games are super cool. Um, and I'm glad that they're trying them out and, and it's another experience and, and I'll definitely get into it. I almost more want a, 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 a virtual Star Wars museum. <laughs> like, yeah, like that I can just walk around and see everything and look at everything. And I walk around and I mean, sit on my couch and hit buttons that make my character move forward and backwards. Right. Uh, and look at things rather than play a game. I just, for some reason, I don't know. Am I just super lazy? I just the, the idea of virtual reality gaming. I'm lazy and old. It's not super appealing to me. I like the idea of the story, but I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> You're also the same guy that spent like eight hours hunting badgers on Red Dead Redemption. So I think just what you're wired, dude. I, I mean, you might be lazy also, but I think it's that's just the type of games you like to play. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but but I think, I think I actually side with you, Adam, because I feel like they did release a VR title before this. I think it was called like uh, it was like build a droid or something. It was like some droid uh, repair bay kind of thing. It was like droid repair bay uh, VR experience. And you were building like you're building like BB units or something like that. Like who who where's the demand for that game? Like, I feel like there's a far greater demand for maybe like a Jedi archives or something like that, like your museum, like what you're talking about. Like, I feel like there's real demand for that or like maybe a galaxy star map like a star map like actually look at each planet oh yeah i love that you know yeah. there's so many things that i yeah. would do before a droid repair bay there are like a hundred ideas i would do before a droid repair bay yeah but immortal vader immortal sounds like a step in the right direction like this yeah, sounds definitely. interesting i'm wondering if it'll be like like alien isolation at some point 
mm. wherein like Vader's hunting you down in the castle and you're just like creepy, you're hiding in Alcove. I would love that. And, yeah. and hide, you know, like trying to escape. Can you imagine how scary that would be? That, that would be yeah. so scary and amazing that uh sign well, me up. Like, I guess awesome. a couple of the early comments from people who tried this out basically were like, I don't think people realize how giant Darth Vader actually is in real life. Like how tall that guy, like, cause like, yeah. which is interesting, right? That idea of like, we're not used to seeing that. We're used to seeing references and not actually like standing in front of that giant, yeah. like hulking figure. Yeah. Right. To get the scale. Like, yeah, he was like yeah. six and a half feet, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, I've seen the, um, the like costume exhibits. Yeah. I've seen it a couple times, I think. Um, and yeah, it's, it's an imposing suit. Well, how scary would it be if you're running around these dark hallways of this castle and then he chases you around the castle, but, uh, you, you know, he hides in the shadows and he only ignites his saber when he finds you. Like, right. that would be yeah. incredible. Like, that's a but you just, that's like, Yeah, you just you hear the breathing, though, like somewhere and like you realize exactly it writes yeah. itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a gameplay loop that just a core gameplay loop that would just be endlessly fun. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love that. Or give me a heart attack, one or the other. It might give me a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, I might die. I might die in my first playthrough, but you know, whatever. <laughs> die IRL. Yeah, but in real life, I have a history of of violently reacting to things startling me in video games. So I don't know if virtual reality is the right <laughs> step. Like, like the the dog in in Resident Evil One like nearly killed me when I was sixteen, and then like I was playing a. Uh, Fallout Three quietly in my in my living room of, of a shared house, and I I turned around. There was a mutant, and I literally yelped and woke up my roommate. So uh, so maybe this isn't for me. Is what I'm saying. Blood curdling shrieks from the yeah, basement. Pretty much. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> That's amazing. It. That's amazing. So yeah, uh, almost two games. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Asterisks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so game and one chapter of a game. Yeah. Indeed. Well, well there's two more episodes to come. It's episodic, so we got yeah. more coming. Okay, and it's going to be three total? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, more and more content. I mean, looks fascinating. We'll have to pool our resources or figure, see if we can rent one. I don't know. See. What yeah, we, definitely. We'll uh, find a way. Yeah, I, I'm very interested in this content, so um, hopefully we'll see it. But um, if that's that, then I guess that's uh, that's our week's episode. Um Thanks very much for listening to us. Um, next week, we're going to uh, actually wrap up um, the Count Dooku audiobook. Um, and uh, so, I don't know, get into that if you haven't yet. Um, and then whatever other news that magically drops on us like that um, like that movie report. So, um, until then, uh, thanks very much for listening to us. And may the Force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you always. <laughs>